Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Jessica Salerno, Senior Content Manager at OSCPA, and this is the show where we bring you the latest news impacting the business and accounting world from top experts. In this episode, I'm speaking with the Social Security Administration, specifically Brandon Smith, Public Affairs Specialist in Downtown Cleveland, and Robert Fenn, the Public Affairs Specialist in Downtown Akron. You might remember Robert and Brandon from our episode on March 10th on what accountants should know about Social Security. If you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to take some time to go back and listen when you can. And for this episode, we're talking about fraud and what it means to have your Social Security information stolen. We get into what you really shouldn't do with your Social Security number, what CPAs should tell their clients when it comes to protecting their identity, how accountants can best use the Social Security Office as a resource, and much more. We started the conversation with Brandon telling me how the Social Security Office deals with fraud when someone has stolen a Social Security number. Here's what he had to say. That's a good question, and and actually sometimes the, the, the public isn't always aware that, you know, when someone uses your uh, Social Security number to you know, obtain a job or credit or loans or other goods and services, you know, actually the agency that handles that is the Federal Trade Commission. Um, we would encourage people to contact them at uh, identitytheft.gov. Uh, actually, it's the, you know, the, the Federal Trade Commission sometimes known as the FTC. They're the ones that collect uh, the complaints about identity theft from those whose identities have been stolen. And, and the same would apply if, you know, if you have a sort of a theft or personal loss of property, including your wallet or your purse that contains your personal information. Um, you know, we, you got to contact your you know, police department to file a, a theft report. Um, of course, social security can assist someone who needs to get a replacement card, but identity theft is handled by the Federal Trade Commission. The loss of personal property that might include your personal identifiable information, that, that's going to be a, a local police department um, responsibility. And so since you mentioned there are other places people should go, you know, when they kind of realize that someone has stolen that, their social security number, are there any um, steps that they should take? I know you mentioned reaching out to law enforcement, to the Federal Trade Commission. Is there anything else they should do when they realize that that has happened? A great source that I encourage individuals to do is because the Social Security number itself, of course, we know that the essence of it and the reason for the Social Security number is so that way it can be associated with a certain individual, the spike of tax, the Federal Insurance Contribution Act, those taxes for retirement and disability and Medicare and the like for those benefits. If an individual feels is that their Social Security number is, has been compromised, used incorrectly, Normally, it's going to be related to credit, right? Or so the credit agencies, credit bureaus are what we encourage individuals to make sure they follow up with Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. Um, we can supply those numbers, of course, but most individuals, you can Google almost anything today and you can um, Google those uh, credit bureaus, those three major ones, and you can do something such as freezing an account and then unthawing it at a later stage. Uh, but that's the a source that we would encourage individuals to contact. If perchance that someone received a phone call and they disclosed something 
their own personal or private information. Uh, Social Security, we do have uh, a group with us known as OIG, Office of Inspector General. Uh, individual, if they wish, they can contact um, if they've disclosed information. Let's say it's a Social Security beneficiary who's disclosed their personal information. Uh, they can contact oig.ssa.gov, and they can submit a report. Um, if Even if the person went to our website, socialsecurity.gov, GOV, they can click on that, and then there, there's a link, uh, a red banner at the top of our webpage, and then they could see how they can make a report if they believe that fraud is involved um, by them disclosing their personal information, uh, or they can go directly to oig.ssa.gov. And are there any mistakes that either of you hear people making on a regular basis with their social security numbers where you're thinking, oh, man, you really shouldn't be doing that with that number? Well, we encourage people to understand that your social security number is important because you often need it to collect benefits, other government services, you might need it for unemployment. But as far as the physical, you know, the card is concerned, there's probably no reason to carry it with you on a day-to-day basis. So we would suggest, if possible, to keep it in a safe place with your other important documents. I know on a personal, you know, my family have a special secure location that I will not disclose in this podcast where keep social security cards for myself, my wife and the kids, the birth certificates, the passports, the marriage certificates, just so you, you know, all right, that's, that's where I got to go to get all that stuff. I don't, I don't need it scattered around in different places for me. I know exactly where, you know, where it is. We also suggest that just avoid giving out the number unnecessarily. Um, you know, if you're a, applying for some sort of line of credit or something else where it's a necessity, then, you know, by all means, if it's something that you feel that you have to do, you know, do whatever you feel is in your, your best interest. But if, if an entity and if an organization, if an individual doesn't need the number in order to perform whatever services you need to be done, then it's, it's probably something that you don't want to give out unnecessarily. Uh, also, the card itself is important, but sometimes people may just, you know, you may just need to know your number. You may not need to show the card. You just need to have your, your number memorized. So we would just say, don't carry it with you on a daily basis. And that, and, and as parents, uh, that also goes, uh, for your kids' social security numbers. Even if you say, Hey, look, I don't carry my card, but I've got my two or three kids' cards with me at all time. Well, you're, you're putting their information at risk by, carrying those cards. So keep your card in a safe place. Don't carry it with you. And I'm, I'm guilty. I used to carry it with me when I was in high school. And I don't even know why, because there was an instance where 16 year old Brandon needed to get his social security number. So just keep it in a safe place and avoid giving it out unnecessarily if possible. I think Brandon, what you just mentioned is, is so important, but is there anything that CPAs should tell their clients in addition to that, when it comes to protecting their identity You know, it, it's probably just sort of following up on that, maybe just you know, sort of drilling it into the person's consciousness that, hey, look, it's it's one number that isn't going to change. Like we've, you know, like we've all had a, a number of different phone numbers. I'm I'm old enough to remember when we, a lot of friends had pager numbers and cell numbers, and it just 
there's a lot to remember between the numbers and the passwords and login information for various websites. There's so much in our minds these days. Social security number hasn't changed. You know, that's, that's like that universal number that I've, I've always had. And since I was in late grade school, high school, I've, I've had it memorized. So as long as you know the number and need to give it to whatever entity, once again, it's probably just something that you just, there's probably no reason to carry it with you. Because even when you're dealing with the Social Security Administration, we don't ask to see your card. We just need to know your number or your, your spouse's number, your children's number whenever you're applying for benefits. So we would, we would probably want CPAs to encourage their clients to not carry the card with them. Uh, we would encourage them to create a, uh, a my social security account at socialsecurity.gov slash my account. That way, you know, no one else could create an account for them with a my social security account. You can pull up your statement whenever you want to and you can request a replacement social security card. Um, as long as you're 18 years old with a domestic mailing address, uh, an email address and possibly a, a, a phone number. You can create a My Social Security account in most instances, and if you find out that you need a replacement card, you can do that. Plus, and Robert and I were talking about this offline, it helps the CPA because now you have information to be able to assist the person with his or her affairs. You're not waiting for them to call us and get information. If they have the My Social Security account, they can pull up their statement. They can check it for its accuracy. And once again, it prevents someone else from creating an account for them. So, don't carry your card with you. Encourage your clients not to do that and encourage your clients to create a My Social Security account free of charge, socialsecurity.gov slash my account. And if their Social Security number is listed on any other documents, because Social Security as an agency, we no longer mail out documentation with their Social Security number listed on it. So maybe there's other documents that they may have um, at home and the like, and you're thinking you're running from point A to point B. Um, and you have that document, you are taking that risk of whether it's um, you losing that just because the wind blew too hard or by the time you get to point B, you open up that document and we don't know who's behind you, you know, next to you in line that may be able to um, catch a quick glimpse of that social security number. So for myself and my family, we make sure that if a document comes to us with the social security number, number on it, it is shredded and and, and drenched in some type of liquid, which someone would not want to put their hand in and then disposed of and uh, whatever other 007 type of uh, <laughs> means I can to make sure or ensure that that social security number is not going to be compromised. So again, um, Mr. Smith has outlined them perfectly. And it starts with that My Social Security account. We cannot emphasize that enough uh, for individuals to be certain and to review, we mentioned earlier in our uh, this casting that our earnings are going to be recorded. And you want to make sure that when you were 16 years old and you started that first job, that it's recorded. That information is going to be there. And again, it's just something, uh, another tool that you will have at your um, expense to be able to say, hey, my Social Security earnings are properly recorded and I'm um, adding an extra layer layer of security for that Social Security number the My Social Security portal. And what should CPAs make themselves aware of when it comes to working with the Social Security Administration? How um, can they best use you all as a resource? Mm -hmm. 
I will say this. <clears throat> One it is it is the individual, the CPA um, should encourage the individuals themselves to have that relationship uh, first and foremost. And that starts with that my social security account. Um, and I'm on, let me take a step back to make sure I understand. So the listening audience understands why we're, we are referring to the my social security account. Um, prior years, some time ago, when Brandon was a, a little, a wee guy, all right, um, the individuals would receive, we as public would receive a social security statement three months prior to our birthday. Then that social security statement, um, the release of it was changed to increments of five years at the age of 25, 30, 35, and the like. Now the social security statement is at age 60. Um, anyone who's age 60 and older, they will receive their social security statement mailed to them if they have not um, opened up a my social security account. And many individuals want to be aware of what's located on that account, so they're opening up a my social security account. So their relationship starts there. Now, if a person has opened a my social security account, when they're speaking with their, his or her CPA, they'll have most of the information there. Now, if the CPA wants to assist that individual, of course, is the 800 number that we mentioned before. But if there are certain situations that can um, lead to an appointment, a person can make that appointment and then they can work with um, alongside with their client and Social Security. But keep in mind that Social Security, our standpoint is we're going to want to speak to the individual because we believe that every person, um, when we first interact with them, has the capability of handling his or her own affairs, right? So we're going to want the CPA to work with their client to obtain the proper documentation for their conversation um, with Social Security. And then once they contact Social Security, Social Security can um, answer questions with the client and the CPA if the client wishes for them to um, be along with that conversation. But it starts with an education um, a component first, making sure that all parties are aware of what's taking place, meaning the My Social Security account and their earnings. Uh, Brandon, you can piggyback off that if you will, um, but I think that's where the starting point is. You know, I think also realizing that um, everybody's you know, circumstances are going to be different, you, you know, I, for, for whatever reason, as long as, you know, I've been, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. As long as I've been doing this job, you talk to people from all different kind of walks of life. You know, someone who was, you know, making 15,000 a year, somebody who's making 150 plus a year. There's just this sometimes belief that, well, we're about the same age. We live in the same neighborhood where we go to the same, we worship together. We play golf together. So we're, we must be uh you know eligible for the same amount of money and you you never know what someone's circumstances were a person could have made considerably more they could have made considerably less someone may be eligible for retirement benefits i think you know maybe cpa just want to make sure that their clients fully understand that you, whatever your friends told you regarding social security or benefit eligibility even though it it may have come from a pure uh, place in their heart their circumstances weren't yours, so whatever they told you, it probably will not be applicable to you. Or a lot of people don't know what makes them eligible. I mean, they know that, hey, look, I applied. I'm getting X amount of dollars. They don't know what made them eligible. So what information could they share with their friends that would sort of make sense? I think the first thing is you're you're doing a lot of myth dispelling, if that's a term, 
where you're kind of talking to someone, hey, look, that you know, your your cousin you know, in Beverly Hills, their their benefit has nothing to do with yours. That, that thing's maybe number one. Number two, just making sure that a person has all his or her information. And what we mean is make sure they, that your client knows, and this may, this may sound very simplistic, make sure your client knows his or her social security number. Make sure they know the social security number and the date or dates of their marriages. Who were you married to? When did you get married? If the marriage ended, how did it end and when did it end? If you have minor or disabled adult children, you need to know their information because these are all individuals that might be eligible for benefits on your work record or you might be eligible for benefits off of their work record. Make sure that CPS let their clients know, hey, look, you need to know your routing and account number for direct deposit purposes when you apply for Social Security benefits. Make sure that they are aware that they need to let us know how much their public benefits are going to be. Um, those are all things that can potentially, could potentially affect, um, you know, the entitlement amount, entitlement dates. So just know your information, social security number, marital information, children's information, banking information. And I guess the final thing I want to add to this is when you're applying for benefits, because Rob did a great job of explaining the earnings limits. When you apply online or over the phone, you need to give us the best guess estimate. So you have to have an idea of what your work plans are going to be. You know, we, we can't put words in your mouth. You know, we don't know if you're going to make 15,000 this year or 80,000. You know, we know what you made in the past, but we, we don't know what your situation is going forward. So you have to have sort of a general idea of, of what your work plans are if you're going to be working and assuming you're under your full retirement age. Because the amount that you expect to make is going to impact how many checks we can pay you that year. And I'll, I add this little side note. Um, it, it doesn't sound, you know, politically correct or what have you, but there's no need to be afraid. Um, I've encountered individuals who are thinking, okay, we're contacting the government, right? And Social Security is a, a phenomenal agency, which is going to be able to Make sure that the right person is paid the right amount of money at the right time. So we're going to go over those scenarios that Brandon and I mentioned. We're going to ask questions, um, fact-finding questions, to make sure that you are receiving the correct payment. So if you forget somehow that you were married, <laughs> we're still going to ask that question. And we're going to look to see if you're eligible for a higher payment on there. So the CPAs, when you're speaking with your client, just let them know there there are certain things which Social Security is going to ask. Make sure you have your documentation, and, and but we will work with you um, to or to make sure that you are going to receive the correct payment and on whose record and all these scenarios that we mentioned. Uh, but we're just asking for individuals to just be prepared, um, have your ducks in a row, uh, so that way we can uh, make sure that you receive that payment timely. Thank you to Brandon and Robert for taking the time to speak with me more about how to deal with social security fraud. So what do you think of the episode? You can let me know at jsalerno, J-S-A-L-E-R-N-O, at ohiocpa.com. And please rate and review us on whatever podcast app you're using. We love to hear your feedback. Thanks for listening.